Mavs fans, and welcome to another episode of Mavs Content Crazy. I am your host, David C., as always. Hey there, Mavs fans, and welcome to another episode of Mavs Content Crazy. I'm your host, David C., as always, and in today's episode, the Mavericks have an up-and-down week. We'll talk about all the games that were played, how the Mavericks started, and the strong finish to this week. So, Mavs fans, I know it's been just about a week since my last episode after the Mavericks had taken care of the Indiana Pacers. And in this past week, the Mavericks have definitely been a little up and down. With them being just one game out of fourth place uh, before this past week, the Mavericks had a chance to move up to take the fourth spot in the Western Conference. But... After taking down the Pacers, the Mavericks had unfortunate losses against teams you would hope we would get the better of, especially the way we've been playing this season. But we did lose KP during the start of this past week. And when you look at the losses that the Mavericks had, they lost a tight game to the Orlando Magic that still could have been won by Maxi Kleba on a three-pointer at the end of the game. But... It just wasn't there for Maxi on that shot. It really wasn't there for Maxi that whole night shooting as he had one of his worst shooting nights of his Maverick career. Uh, starting off just insanely rough going 0-7 to start off the game for the Mavericks in that one. But he couldn't make that last shot when it mattered to win it for the Mavericks. And of course, it started uh, uh, showing some of the weaknesses that the Mavericks have without KP and Tim Hardaway Jr. Now, the obvious thing showing to me was the difference in points in the paint where against the Magic, the Mavs gave up 60 points in the paint in that game. And that's just something that we have not done a whole lot of in this year, and especially with KP in the lineup. And I've had this discussion with several people on social media uh, about KP, and I'll get a little bit more into that as we go on here, but... Just that first game against Orlando showed you how much KP does mean to this team. Now, after that tough loss to the Magic, the Mavericks had another tight game with the Oklahoma City Thunder, who played us well the last time we played them, but we were still able to pull out the victory on them in a very, very tight game with them. And they came out and played the exact same way in this game against the Mavericks. And of course, we fell to the Thunder, 120 to 114, and it was just another tough loss. Again, this is a, a team this year that we think of as being a lot better at finishing off the lesser teams, but this was just an unfortunate little run for the Mavericks at that point. Except, like I said, losing KP, it was a big, big part of that. So I think more people need to uh, acknowledge what KP has given to this Maverick team, especially as that defensive um, just centerpiece back there for the Mavericks. He makes things difficult on other players, and it's been noticed around the league. Um, Minnesota's young man over there even mentioned himself uh, that KP was one of the best uh, bigs in the league to play against in, uh, you know, Edwards up there in Minnesota. He, he acknowledged that fact, and I don't think enough uh, fans of Dallas have fully acknowledged it either because in those two games when the Mavericks had to adjust without KP, we struggled 
uh, pretty bad against those two teams protecting the paint in those losses to the Magic and the Thunder. And it was um, a, a big, big hit for the Mavericks not having KP out there to defend the paint the way that he does and the way we've seen him doing in 2022. And I, I just don't think he gets enough credit for it. Everyone likes to point at his... Um, deficiencies and obviously I want him to be out there on the court it, it's not <laughs> a mystery to everyone that KP misses a lot of games everyone understands it but when he is out there he is a difference maker you just have to keep him healthy which is a lot easier said than done so I can understand people being upset about when he's not out there um, but maybe this is just a little bit of management when it comes to him throughout the season. And this is the way we're choosing to deal with it, uh, with slight injuries. And we keep him out for a lot longer than he should probably be out with these injuries. Uh, I think that's just part of the time management that we're doing with KP, especially with him playing as well as he has been right now. We want to keep that going. We want to keep him fresh and, um, make sure he's available for us in the long haul run this year into the playoffs, especially playing as well as he has for the Mavericks. So maybe it's not as bad as uh, we really thought it was as far as what this injury currently is. But after those two tough losses and, and really could have gotten down on themselves because with the loss of Tim Hardaway Jr., with the loss of KP and two bad losses against subpar teams, it would have been pretty easy for the Mavs to kind of get down on themselves and be a little depressed about it because we finally had some guys who were playing well for the Mavericks that had not been playing all that well um, and, and played pretty decently against those teams. But again, not enough defense to make sure we were able to secure a win in those games and KP is a big part of that. But to get some of our other guys starting to establish themselves is a big thing for this Maverick team as we move forward because we don't know what's going to happen come the trade deadline on February the 10th. And I'll get more into trades and possible things that the Mavericks can do a little bit later on. But until we know what we're going to do, we need the rest of our team to step up in the absence of Tim Hardaway Jr. and now Kristaps Porzingis. If you can get production from your guys and get them to improve their game when they have an opportunity to while these starters are out, it's a big plus for your team. It has worked for teams in the past where they were forced to play some of the young guys early in the season, then got all their good guys back and were able to make a good run. This happens quite often for a lot of teams in the NBA. And um, right now the Mavericks are still playing great basketball, even after those tough losses. As I said, it would have been easy to get down and hang their heads especially against a really good 76er team that came in to play the Mavericks after those tough losses. And the Mavericks just really played a great game of team defense and team basketball in that game, led by a monster performance by Luka Doncic in this one. Um, for him to play the way he did against the 76ers team, who has a player like Embiid, who we know is a great player in this league, and to not really have any sort of center that could really match up against him and to still play as well as they did. It was an impressive just overall night for the Mavs in that one. And definitely a great padded cleanser for the Mavericks because they had a pretty horrible taste in their mouth after those two tough losses to those two lesser teams. And then to come back and play as well as they did 
against the one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference in the Philadelphia 76ers, the Mavericks really had to have it and got it in a big, big way. And as I said, led by Luka, who had 33 points, 13 rebounds, and 15 assists in that game. And it's just absolutely unbelievable the, the run that Luka has been in uh, for over the last little bit. I mean, since... You know, he was pretty much snubbed <laughs> before, uh, at the All-Star selection. Luka has averaged basically 31 points, 9 rebounds, and 9 assists, shooting 39% from 3-point land and 49% from the field overall. So Luka has definitely turned up his game. And against a good team like Philadelphia, he had to have a show-out performance. And he definitely did, and it wasn't him alone. He had a great... Um, just team effort in that one who when he got help from uh, Reggie Bullock as well as Jalen Brunson to secure this victory getting those two guys to play well with Luka was a uh, great great thing to see and and good to see the ball movement and just team defense still uh, making a difference in that one without Kristaps Porzingis because like I said Joel Embiid is just a monster uh, someone who can do whatever he wants to do with the ball and it's impressive what he can do on the court. And for him to really not take this game over was a little surprising because I thought he could have had his way with any of the Maverick centers that were guarding him in this game. But they found a way to be competitive because in this game, we also lost Maxi Kleba, which was another tough blow when you're going against a bigger opponent. You really have to have your bigs in the game. And we didn't have Kristaps Porzingis or Maxi Kleba in this one. And you really had to grind it out against a player like Embiid, but they found a way to do it. And it was the uh, it was just really impressive for the Mavericks right now. I, you really can't say enough how this team plays well for each other and gives all out effort when they're out there on the court. It, it's rare that you see the Mavericks, with the exception of Luka, <laughs> sometimes running back. Uh, slowly that are not absolutely hustling on defense to get back and and make sure that they're putting up a wall and playing good defense you see it all over the place for the Mavericks and it's just really impressive to see and fun to watch when you're looking at this Maverick team right now because after that win where they took down the Sixers the Mavericks went on on Sunday to play against the Atlanta Hawks and this was another Luka Trey Young showdown just like everyone uh, wants to see and always compare these two guys to each other. And, and the Mavericks found a way to grind out another win, being really shorthanded again, taking down Atlanta 103-94. to And this is a game where no KP, no Maxi Kleba, no Tim Hardaway Jr. It would have been really uh, easy for the Mavericks to chalk this up in the loss column and say that they just didn't have a lot of the guys and maybe rest Luca or something like that. But that didn't happen. Luca went out there and played a great game for the Mavericks, getting his second triple-double in a row and really doing it in three quarters. Um, Luca basically didn't play an entire quarter when you take into account all the time he sat out in this game because he got put in foul trouble by... Uh, Trey Young, and that was probably the best thing that he did for his team was get Luca in foul trouble and make sure he couldn't play a whole lot of minutes in this one um, because it, it, this game could have got away 
from Atlanta even more had Luka managed to stay on the court. But with all the fouls that he had, Luka didn't play basically the entire third quarter and the beginning portion of the fourth. So when he did get back out there, Luka still produced and really just dominates the game right now. He has found his, uh, his feel out there on the court right now, finding open guys, just moving beautifully out there on the court right now. And for Luka to go out in that limited time that he did get to play in this one, as Lucona played 28 minutes, still giving you another triple-double with 18 points, 10 rebounds, and 11 assists, going 6 of 17 from the field. So nothing could stop Luka. The only thing that can stop Luka in the NBA right now is foul trouble. And let's not forget the two dunks that he had against the 76ers as well the other night, just to show how much of a spring he currently has in his step right now. And to play this way against Atlanta... Uh, was just awesome to see because, as I said, he was definitely upset. He he was very angry with the referees. Probably could have got ejected at a, a few times where he was yelling at the refs, but um, was able to sit out as long as he did, come in, still make a difference, and lead our Maverick team to another great win. And followed by his two guys again who have been just contributing in a huge way, and that's Jalen Brunson and Reggie Bullock. Reggie Bullock has just completely turned it around uh, for the Mavericks this season, and this is exactly the Reggie Bullock I expected to see and said would come around for the Mavericks at some point in the season. Um, I hate to toot my own horn here, but I'm going to go ahead and do it because I called it all season. I never doubted him. I never was down on him. I definitely was disappointed for some of his play that he had early in the season, but I kept saying that it would eventually turn around for him because he is such a great shooter, and we have seen that happen now. As over the last six games, he's averaging 19 points, six rebounds, and almost two steals, shooting 48% from three and 50% from the field. And that's exactly what you have to have. With Tim Hardaway Jr. being out and now missing all the points that he would give us, Reggie Bullock has really picked up his game and has accepted his role as that other shooter now for this Maverick team. And he has confidence, and the Mavericks have confidence in him, and it's just starting to show right now in his game. Reggie Bullock has been playing exceptionally well for the Mavericks, and it makes a big difference. And now with the trade deadline coming up, it makes some of our other players a little bit more expendable because Reggie Bullock is also a really good defender. In the game against Atlanta, Trey Young could not get his game going whatsoever, and that had everything to do with the defense of multiple players that got switched on to him in this game between Josh Green, Dorian Finney-Smith, and Luka, as well as Reggie Bullock, he just could not get anything going. And Reggie Bullock, as I said, has been a very good defender for the Mavericks since he's got a little bit of his confidence back and a little bit more of that swagger. He is a player that uh, can get energized quickly and, and do some things for his team. And it's something right now that is really impressive for the Mavericks watching him get his game back and, and helping this Maverick team in a big, big way because... We just don't have a whole lot of other scorers on this team. So to have him playing as well as he has been is a huge part for the Mavericks. Now, 
other than Reggie Bullock picking up his game and really playing impressive for the Mavericks over this last week, you also got to talk about Jalen Brunson, who has been playing exceptionally well this year. Um, and is someone who is uh, really a tough pill to swallow for the Mavericks right now when you look at how good he is and what he brings to this team. And the thought process of wanting to keep him and all of our guys is a little tough right now because Brunson, if not for the gameplay that he has been given out, the Mavericks definitely don't have the record that they currently sit at right now. They would not be 31 and 23 without Jalen Brunson, but is he someone that can help you win a title? If you look at our team as it's currently constructed and you look at everything that has happened this year with injuries and just what has happened over the past several seasons since we drafted Luka and Brunson, this is the team that we've had. We've had this exact same team for these past basically four years. And we're really no closer to winning a championship than we were in Luka's rookie season. Because in his rookie season, we barely missed the playoffs that year. And we made a great run to almost make it in there. And then for us to now make the playoffs the past two years and are definitely going to make it again this year. And if we don't win it with the team that we currently have, you have to kind of give up on some of these guys. You can't just be satisfied with making the playoffs. You have to be winning championships to stay relevant. And as much as I like Jalen Brunson, as much as I love what him, as well as Dorian Finney-Smith, bring to the table, obviously we're not winning championships with this team as constructed. And, of course, everyone wants to say trade KP, but you got to get value back for the, all the things that he brings to your roster when he's healthy, when he's in the game. It's, it's not a small thing. He does a ton for your team, and it's just something that you really have to have if you're going to try to win a championship. You have to have a mobile big. You have to have a big that can do multiple things as well as defend the paint. And KP is the best of that right now for the Mavericks, especially um, when you notice how just bad we are defensively in the paint without him. Um, it's, it's a tough situation because... Brunson, I think, in my opinion, will walk this offseason if we don't come up with a trade at the deadline or, at worst case scenario, have to do a sign-and-trade in the offseason. He is someone who's going to want a bigger role, and he deserves it. Jalen Brunson is someone who should be leading a team and should get the opportunity to lead a team because he is that good, and he is someone that can, uh, you know, play a similar role as uh, some of the other great smart point guards in the league. And I think he definitely can still get better with passing the ball. He still has a chance to grow his game once he becomes a primary ball handler on a team. And he'll never get that chance in a Maverick uniform. Luka's always going to be the guy. Luka's always going to be the first concern. And so I don't really see Brunson wanting to stay in Dallas, knowing he's never going to be the guy and remember, every player is always also playing for their next contract. When Brunson gets this contract in the offseason, which is going to be substantial, he's going to be looking to improve his game and show that he is a franchise piece to get an even bigger contract after that one. So you got to keep that in mind. Most of these contracts are three-year contracts every year now. 
So every player is looking for how they can get the best out of their career in certain opportunities. And when you look at Brunson in Dallas, it's just never going to be there for him as long as we have Luka. And of course, Luka is our all-star centerpiece uh, uh, right now of our franchise. So you really can't uh, look at it any other way other than Luka's going to get the ball and Brunson's going to be the secondary guy. And um, I just don't see him being happy with that at this point in his career when he's trying to build something for himself. And so it's going to be a tough pill to swallow for whatever happens with um, Brunson and some of these guys at the trade deadline. But at this point in the season, the Mavericks sitting at 31 and 23 and fighting their way back to now just two games out of the fourth spot in the Western Conference behind the Utah Jazz. The Mavericks have played well. They understand now that they are a better team with KP on the floor. And I think this team is, is just starting to figure some things out right now at this latter portion of the season and are only going to get better come the All-Star break when they have some time to rest and and grow with each other a little bit is going to make them even better after that point. So that's going to be it for today's episode, Mavs fans. I hope you enjoyed what you heard. If you did, make sure you hit that subscribe button, like, follow, and share with your friends. And I hope you listen in next time, Mavs fans. Thanks a lot.